This conference means war. Not a war that kills bodies with bullets of lead, but a much more dramatic war. The war for the destiny of our immortal souls. The subject of this conference is the spiritual combat. And this is a combat that all the baptized are engaged in every day. Sometimes the enemy stages guerrilla attacks coming out of nowhere when we least expect it with gunfire, mortar attacks, and grenades. Other times he, launch, he launches Napoleonic attacks, the devils marching towards us in a long, visible line through an open field, plain to the sight of all. In this war, there are only two rules, two rules of engagement. Take no prisoners and kill the enemy without mercy. Before continuing, let's get a few things straight. First off, everything is grace. Jesus Christ tells the apostles, I am the vine, you are the branches. Without me, you can do nothing. This is more true than we could ever realize. We're not falling for the Pelagian heresy. We believe in the reality of original sin, and that to do anything profitable for our sanctification and salvation, we need the grace of God. At the same time, God has given us free will. St. Paul, the apostle to the nations, tells us to work out our salvation in fear and trembling. He says also, I fill up those things that are wanting of the sufferings of Christ in my flesh for his body, which is the church. St. James says that faith without works is dead. The first and last grace always comes from God. It's true. But an effort is expected from us also. We all know that war is no place for the timid. So know this. The spiritual combat must be fought without making a classic error mistaking timidity for virtue. When temptations strike, don't become fearful and timid. Don't become restless. Though unsuspected, these feelings actually come from a secret pride. These emotions arise when we put more trust in ourselves than in God. Don't be shocked and filled with wonder if you fall into a sin, even a grave sin. Human nature is weakness itself since the fall of our first parents. Temptation and even occasional falls are to be expected. Rather, be humble and place all your trust in God. Should he have a fall, the humble man doesn't become worried, disquieted, or upset. He soldiers on, humbly recon reconciling himself to God with sacramental confession if necessary. But he will have to use the power of his will in the war for his soul. We must discipline our wills to not follow their own desires, but to always be confirmed to God's good pleasure. Our weak nature doesn't want to be disciplined. We know it only too well. When presented with something pleasing, a forbidden fruit, nature only wants to gaze upon it and bask in the pleasure. This can happen even in spiritual matters, inspirations and initiatives that appear to be from God. Never does our nature suspect there might be a hidden poison in that which appears so delicious. Should we, be, should we be presented with something that appears to be the will of God, don't automatically embrace it. First, lift up your thoughts to God to determine whether it really is His will, and whether you will it simply because God wills it with the sole desire of pleasing Him. And if it is, be absolute, absolutely determined on willing it because God wills it, and to please Him alone. Follow the same procedure in rejecting those things we know to be contrary to God's will. What about that moment we all experience when our higher will, our spiritual will, feels powerless against our lower natural will due to the violence of the temptations? 
Don't give in, but stand firm and keep fighting. Keep shooting. Keep throwing your grenades. You must consider yourself the victor in battle until you can clearly see that you've yielded. Your higher will can act without the lower will, the will of our nature. God has made our will such that even if all our senses, all the evil spirits, and even the entire world were to conspire together against us, it would still be within the power of our will to choose or to reject any temptation with perfect freedom. Even if the enemy should launch a ferocious attack, and it seems your will is overpowered and overrun, utterly crushed, do not lose courage. Grip your weapons even tighter. Keep firing into the enemy. Make use of your tongue. Actually say the words, I do not give in. I do not yield to you. Like a soldier who has been knocked down by the butt of his enemy's rifle, but still doesn't give up, but engages his enemy in hand-to-hand combat and finally drives his bayonet into his stomach. The vice of sloth, we will see, will be one of our main foes in the spiritual combat. The more this enemy spreads his unseen and nefarious influence in our lives, subversively like communist guerrillas, the more vulnerable to the attacks of the flesh we will be. Don't give him the opportunity. Avoid idle curiosity and things that have no bearing on your duties. Exert yourself to obey the good inspirations you receive from the Holy Ghost, especially those which come from the persons who have charge over you. Do your duties at the time and in the manner that your superiors tell you to. Delay is deadly. The first indulgence brings with it another, and another, and another, and so on, until your forces have been decimated. You're surrounded by your own dead and dying troops, and you have no more strength to resist. And what if you should be wounded, even with a mortal wound? If you've fallen into some sin, don't give in to the consequent temptation to discouragement. That's like being defeated by the enemy, being offered the choice of being pardoned and going free, or following your enemy into imprisonment in shackles and choosing imprisonment. It makes no sense. It's against all reason, and it comes from a secret pride, a secret trusting of ourselves more than God. Say to God, rather, Behold, O Lord, what of myself I have done. What else could be expected of me but falls? Humble yourself. Give him greater thanks and love than ever. Admire with astonishment that, in the greatness of his mercy, he extends you his salvation to save you from another fall, when you had just offended him. Lastly, say with full confidence in his infinite mercy, Forgive me, O Lord, according to thy mercy. Never let me depart from thee, nor be separated from thee, and suffer me never to offend thee any more. After this, do not waste time worrying over whether God has really pardoned you your fault. This only leads to pride, anxiety, restlessness, and the loss of valuable time. This sort of restlessness of mind is a trick of the devil, and we must reject it. Commit yourself to the mercy of God, and continue the fight as if you had never fallen, and the enemy had no foothold, as if he were still far from your ramparts, as if he was being slaughtered by artillery fire and aerial bombardment before he could even get close to your defenses. Lastly, 
resign yourself to the fact that you are going to have to fight viciously against a savage enemy. You are going to have to be even more unrelenting against your own weakness. You are going to have to do violence to yourself. You will have to resist the pull of nature, despite the pain this brings. Your will is corrupt, and it will traitorously aid the enemy, conspiring with your seditious bad habits. When your will says no to the holy will of God, you must return fire by saying, Yes, yes, I will do it. When you are attacked by your corrupt will and evil habits, which would hinder you from willing and doing what God wills, you must resist them, saying, No, no, I will do God's holy will and His will alone. Say, O oh my God, make haste to help me. Let this, lest this desire ever to do thy will, which through thy grace is now present with me, be stifled, when temptation rises by the old and corrupt will. And if you feel great pain and resisting and weakness of will, you must use any violence against yourself which may be necessary, remembering that the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence, and that the violent, against themselves and their own passions, take it by force according to the words of our Lord himself. And if the pain and violence be so great as to fill your heart with anguish, go in spirit to Christ in the garden, and unite your anguish with his, and pray him that by virtue of his, he would give you victory over yourself, so that from your heart you may be able to say, Not as I will, but as, as thou wilt, thy will be done." The battle plan described in this conference comes from an infallible general, that is, God himself. Only the negligence and the cowardice of his soldiers can lead to defeat. If you fight courageously and obey your orders, your victory will be stunning. The enemy will be obliterated before you. He will be obliterated, not by bombers and fighter jets from above, but by an even better air support, St. Michael the Archangel and the glorious heavenly armies. May God keep you and protect you always. Amen.